So this morning we introduce a one-off message titled, God is Able. Now if you've never uh, explored the space in Scripture on how many times this idea, God is able to, is expressed, then you've missed out on a whole section of something incredibly exciting in the Bible. Unfortunately, we live in a world in which we're constantly told that there are limitations on things, uh, including lighting, it would seem. Um, uh, for our radialists, the lights just went off right there. It was load shedding at the wrong time. But I mean, it could happen at any time, right? And it isn't load shedding in Jesus' name. And you guys can stop playing with that switch, Satan. Oh no, it's not Satan, it's somebody. Um, you were constantly reminded of limitations. In fact, uh, I think just power it down for now, um, uh, guys. Uh, in fact, I was reflecting on some of the ways in which we're reminded in the, in the world that things uh, can't be repaired or restored. I wondered why we have silly rhymes like Humpty Dumpty. I, I mean, I, I don't say it, but I've had it said a lot of times. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Watch this. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put... Who are you talking about? What even is going on in that rhyme? Who is this king? Dethrone him and get yourself a king who knows how to put all the pieces back together again. Surely. It's amazing that even within Christian community, we sometimes neglect or are falsely taught that there's a limitation to things and that those limitations are often in the wrong areas. And so today I want to talk to you about how to embrace the idea that God is able and to embrace it in a really personal way. Over the years, I was taught and I used to teach that the reason why God takes you through things is to teach you something. And have you ever wondered when you're going through a tough time, what exactly is God trying to teach me? Have you ever been through an illness and thought, Lord, I really don't know what you're trying to teach me here. In fact, I used to get advice and sometimes I admit give bad advice. When people suffered loss, perhaps through illness or through death or financial loss or liquidation, I'd say, perhaps the Lord is trying to teach you something. In hindsight, I think that's such awful advice. I don't think the Lord is trying to teach you something by giving you an illness or a tragedy. Instead, He doesn't promise you won't ever have those things. He just promises that when you go through them, you'll get to see or be taught something about Him. I'm not learning something about me when I go through illness. I learn something about Him when I go through illness. I'm not learning something about me when I suffer loss. I'm learning something about who He is when I suffer loss. I'm not Jehovah Jireh, but I found Jehovah Jireh when I had nothing else left and reached my hand out to the hand of a king. And there I found who He was. It's dangerous to think that it's all on you. And if you learned the lesson, you would figure it out. What Cherie shared in giving is powerful. This was her needing to learn to take a step of faith. That's something every one of us need to do. But insofar as whether God is trying to teach us through suffering, that's not sound. He's trying to reveal who He is even in 
the unavoidable reality of a fallen and broken world. God does not need to create suffering. The fall of man created suffering, introduced it into the world, and now we have to dethrone it every generation, every season, throughout all of our lives. The weeds came in, and we've got to take them out. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. I'm in the mood for preaching like a charismatic today. I'm blaming it on the floral shirt. Um, and, and I think there's something to be, to be taught or, or learnt out of this idea that God is able, uh, as, a, as a lesson for me to figure out who He is. This next verse or first verse to introduce this topic should really be one of those verses highlighted in your Bible. Now I know we don't highlight anymore. I know that. I know we mostly don't have physical Bibles. We have apps as to I. So maybe get it tattooed somewhere. No, okay. I take that back because now the emails are going to come, uh, uh, no doubt. Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things... And at all times, production, please stay there. Uh, so, so go back, go back. It, at, in, in all things, at, now I want to comment on that for a moment. God is able to bless you abundantly would have been enough if the author didn't realize, but hang on, you're gonna go through things. So I've got to make the statement relevant to things. How many things? Well, a lot of things. All things. You're going to go through all things. You're going to go through life and death and lack and plenty and love and loss. I have to say that God will bless you, is able to bless you, is going to bless you abundantly. And I better say in all things, because somebody out there is going to say, yeah, but if you knew the thing I was going through, so you're included, whatever your thing is. I love that word thing. Because it includes everything that is your thing. And then he says, at all times, you know, when you're youthful and when you're less youthful or more mature, whatever the right word is, wiser. All times, the single time of your life, the married without kids times of your life, the married with kids and wondering where the single version of you went, time, nobody does that, times of your life. It's all included. So God is able. This statement is not because we have a tendency to doubt God. We have a tendency to doubt God in our situation for us in our season. So perhaps your thing was a divorce or perhaps your thing was a tragedy or perhaps your thing was a sin. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Can you say amen to that? I don't always respond to all of my direct messages on social media, but some of them are overwhelming, some of them are repetitive, and some of them are just thumbs up. But I did get one last night that I do want to comment on, uh, on my Instagram DM'd to me. Follow me on Instagram is really what I'm saying. But no, this is serious, but the person is watching online today. And I want to do, read a portion about all things. 
They said, Pastor George, I feel compelled to express my gratitude for your prayers for me a few weeks ago. Despite those prayers, I attempted to take my life this last week. I am, however, convinced that I am alive because we prayed for God to protect me. The healing process will take long, but I'm up for it. I wanted to say thank you. And although I'm in an institution at the moment, recovering, I will be in church just online today. God is able to bless you abundantly through all things and at all times so that in everything you may have all that you need. Is that worthy of an amen celebrate? We're praying for you right where you are right now. Vince sang and the team sang another in the fire this morning. We don't often, we don't ever actually try to match the songs to the sermons. It just gets too complicated. But my key scripture today is about that very event in the Bible. The day that three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, refused to bow to a system of this world and refused to believe the Humpty Dumpty rhyme and said we will serve instead our God and got thrown in a fiery furnace. Daniel chapter 3 tells the story really well. In verse 16, it says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. I'm going to pause there for a moment again and say, stop defending that you believe that God is able. Just believe it. Your defense is in the testimony of what God does. King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace the God we serve, here it is, is able to deliver us from it. Not only that, He will deliver us from your majesty's hand. I love that verse. It says, God can deliver me from the fire, but He can also deliver me from the hand that started it in the first place. Do you know, God doesn't only deal with the repercussions. He also goes to the root. You see, sometimes your, your thing is perhaps sadness, but the root is something else. God delivers us and is able to deliver us not only from symptoms, but also from the spirit that has infested us with those symptoms. God is not only able to deliver us from the fire, but from the hand of the one who started the fire in the first place. God is not only able to deliver us from our brokenness, but He's able to go down into the thing that is producing these toxins and take it up by the root. Today, I want to express my confidence to you that God is able and willing to do that for you. And something needs to come out from the root, not just be dealt with in the repercussions. God doesn't medicate us. He delivers us. Man can medicate and should because there's a place for that. But God delivers us. That's a different thing. And he goes on to say, that, um, uh, uh, to deliver us from your majesty's hand, verse 18 says, but even if he does not, 
We want you to know, Your Majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. I want to take that next step in God being able. I love that this verse doesn't give me a guarantee that I will get the outcome I want. It just gives me a guarantee that God is still worthy to be praised. These men were mighty men because they said, we won't bow to your foreign gods in good times or in bad times, and we will worship our God in good times and in bad times. If we're not delivered by the fiery furnace, God's got a different plan. I'm gonna find out something else about God I didn't know, but I'm still not going to bow my knee to a foreign God just because things haven't worked out the way I would like with my God. I really struggle with the spirit of this world coming into the life of the church. The idea that if I don't get what I hoped for when I hoped for it, that I'll just change my affections. No, serve the Lord, pursue righteousness, learn something about God you didn't know, discover who your Saviour really is, and in the appropriate time, at the appropriate place, He will bless you abundantly so that in all things and in every way, you shall have all that you need. He'll get you there, but He'll get you there better than you could have ever asked or imagined. Can you say amen to that? I'll tell you honestly, I've been in some fiery furnaces. Sometimes I survived them without a scratch and sometimes I lost some hair. (laughs) Some of you are like, you haven't seen my furnace yet. Sometimes I was disappointed in my own expectations and sometimes God surpassed my expectations. But I want you to know that every fiery furnace and every challenge has taught me something more about who God is. And the consequence is it made me a greater worshipper of the God I'm coming to, getting to know. God is able. Sometimes we just have to combine things in the correct way to see the beauty of what God is able to do. Sometimes we simply need to remind ourselves that what God is able and continues to do is something we already see in our lives. We think God is able to do immeasurably more and we define that as something perhaps material or physical. But think about how much God is already doing you didn't think was possible. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul writes a little prayer, an encouragement. He says, this is my prayer for you, that you will know this love, God's love, that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, so you'll know God's love and be filled with all of God now to Him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Why don't we read the verse verse first? The first verse first. That we should know the love of God that surpasses all understanding. Now, somebody who is loved will know that God is doing immeasurably more than we could ever hope or imagine according to His power at work in us. I used to read that verse and pray that God would do external things. Lord, 
You're able. Please make this small house a big one. Lord, you're able. Please grant me a placeholder in my life. Lord, you're able. Please give me the biggest contract in my business. We like to use that term like that. But what that verse really is reminding us is, Lord, you're able. Help me know the love of God which surpasses all understanding. Because when I know that, I am confident that the God who loves me has surely better plans for me than the plans I have for myself. God is able. Is that clappable? God is able. I think about our lives post-pandemic. I know I'm saying that with a bit of faith. Post. I know that. I know. Don't email me. I do watch the news. Um, But there is going to be a post-something. I mean, I'm not going to stay stuck in the past-something. I would like to go past the past, into the post, into the purpose of what God has in mind. Lots has changed. We've changed. Church has changed. Online is wonderful. People's businesses have changed. Do you know what I've learned? God loves us. And because He loves us, we should be filled to the measure of God. And then He will do immeasurably more than we can hope or ask or think or imagine. The best of what is to be seen in your life is still coming. Not something you've taken a photo and put in an album or in a playlist. Your best lies ahead because the love of God is being poured out in our lives. God loves us. God is able to love us. Maybe you feel very far from God and not quite loved, but I want you to know that no matter what the condition of your life, God is able and willing to love you. So there are a couple of consequences to that I want to share with you. Three consequences in three minutes. Lord Jesus, help me. Do you know, I feel so wonderful while preaching. And then the last three minutes of every service, I feel, do I not know how to read time? And this last minute is a waste of a minute. Explaining. (laughs) Vince is ashamed. Just get on with it. Three things. Because God is able, I'll stay faithful. Because God is able, I'll stay faithful. King Nebuchadnezzar, even if he doesn't rescue me from this furnace, your loss, you had three really smart guys working for you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're going to be home in heaven. You're going to be three smart guys less in your team. Once I, I may mention this to you. Once I um, heard the most confident thing I've ever heard a guy say in, in my life. I left that meeting thinking, gosh, one day I hope to be that confident. They were in a, this husband and wife in a, counseling session and there was some trouble in the home and she said to him, you don't know. Maybe I get so sick of you that I cheat on you. Yeah, they said it in front of me. I was sharpening the sword of the spirit in the background. 
It was his answer that just, <laughs> she said, he said, that would be your loss. Yeah. Now I don't know how they're doing. I'll get back to you on that. But, <laughs> but <laughs> now you all want to know. Now you're all going to be emailing me this week. Uh, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. The deal is, uh, why do you hold on to things as though they define your value? Sometimes when the enemy comes in to take some things, just say to him, your loss. I think we must be clear to say to ourselves, um, because God is able, I will stay faithful. I don't know when the breakthrough comes, but I do know my God. I have found him to be a, a present help in time of need. I have found him to be reliable in all he does. Secondly, because God is able, I won't stumble. You know, stumbling is an interesting thing, biblical concept of stumbling. It doesn't mean to trip and fall. Uh, to, to stumble biblically means to, to break the cord with Christ. And you know what the Bible says? You couldn't trip that far. Ephesians says God's love, that verse before the verse before the verse, says it, it's, it's so high and so wide and so deep, it is as far as the east is from the west. That's, very, that's scientifically impossibly far. Uh, the Bible says if I reach for something and fail at it, if I stumble and fall, I couldn't fall so far that the love of God couldn't find me. In fact, there is a verse in the Psalms that's frightening. It says that if you made your bed... Do you know how we have that catchphrase? You made your bed, now lie in it. I really don't understand what it means, but okay, let's go with that. You made, you made your bed, now lie in it. The Bible in the Psalms, knowing that we were going to come up with cool little terms like that in the 20th century, said, even if you make your bed in hell, there the Spirit will find you. That's big. That's another thing I need to get back to you on where that verse is, right? We'll find it. You just Google it. It's easy. Well, Psalm 139. Vince is a bit of a Bible encyclopedia. I will tell you that. It's very intimidating. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 8. Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 10.13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God is able so I'll stay faithful. God is able, so I won't stumble. And finally, God is able, so nothing can stop me. God is able, so nothing can stop me. Second Corinthians 9, 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have abundance in every good work. Nothing can stop me, because God is, is able. This last phrase or two is going to hopefully punch us in the spirit, but in an awakening sense. Everybody knows that God is able. It seems many Christians don't know that God is making you 
able. God can handle your situation, but God is also making you able to bear it so that you can handle your situation. We don't seem to know that. We seem to forget that one of God's pleasures is to lift us up so that we are able to carry it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's no good. Christianity is no good to you if all you know is that God is able, but you remain unable. Then it's of no good to you. Because what God did was come to fill the gap of my inability with His authority so that when men looked at me, they would say, that's part man, but really that part is God at work in him. God is able so that I can be able. I'm going to throw the fourth one in just as a bonus because you stayed till the end. It's a bonus. Uh, people come to me after the service and say, just preach as long as you want. I know, I know, they're crazy. You do know why we end on time, right? It's not you or us. It's the kids. They're getting hungry. <laughs> oh, all God's children are hungry. God is able to stitch it together. I'm going to conclude with this. God is able to stitch it together. I'm going to take you to the verse, tell you why I wrote it down. Romans 11, 23. And if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. Powerful verse. It says, even when a people, a group of people or a person falls far from God, if they turn around and face them, he can put them and plug them right back in again. He can do it. He can do it. You might say, well, well, wait, 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 the branch died. Are you talking about Humpty Dumpy's guy again? Because he's the king and all his horses and all his men can't put Humpty Dumpy. I mean, it's outrageous. But if you're talking about the king of the Bible, he'll take a dead branch and he'll put it into a living vine and he's able to graft it back again. He'll make, he'll make it work again. He'll bring life into it again. God is able. God is able. He'll stitch it back together again. Maybe the church is different to what you remembered it a couple of years ago. He'll stitch it back together again. Maybe your business is a little different to what it was a couple of years ago. He will stitch it back together again. Maybe your heart is bruised over the last couple of years. He will sew it back together again. My God is able. And the lesson of my sufferings, journeys, and battles is not to teach me a lesson about me. It is to teach me a lesson about how reliable He is. And so with that in mind, I'm going to invite you to stand to pray with me. You know, if you're not sure about stuff, like you talk to somebody who's been through something. You talk to somebody who's been through cancer for five years and they'll tell you who their heavenly father is in words you didn't know you could find or hear. They found him in the hospital room 
and in the recovery room and eventually in the healing room. Can you say amen to that? And so, Lord, we acknowledge that you are able. And because you are able, you make us able. Because you are able, we learn who you are. And so we remain and are compelled to faithfulness in in following you and pursuing you. We thank you, Father, that uh, just as as this inbox message, uh, the prayer uh, uh, didn't solve all things, but it rescued us from so many things. Thank you, Lord, that even in all things and at all times, we have all we need because you are able to bless us abundantly. Today, we pray for your abundant blessings on our lives. And we acknowledge in that prayer that you are able in Jesus' name. And just as I, I close the service for the online community and those who will watch, the thousands who will watch this message over the next couple of, uh, couple of days, I'd like to put a prayer up onto the screen that is an invitation to become a follower of Jesus. If you pray this prayer online, follow the link that says, I pray the prayer. And we'll send you information on how to grow in your faith. If you're here at a service or Kingfish, you could go to our website at fathershousesa.org and follow the same link. If you're here, you could come talk to a pastor. You could come and get a free Bible at any one of our sites and, and we'll help you on the journey. But we should close the service by inserting this prayer so that it stays on record for those who will pray it. It goes like this. It's a quote from John chapter 5. Dear Jesus, you said in the Bible, whoever hears your words and believes God sent you to set me free from my debts of sin has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. I confess that I believe you and receive salvation from my sins and new life in my soul. I now cross over from death to life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.